Um, I'm hoping everybody that intended to be back is back, uh, but I guess we're ready to get started. Okay. All right. So, Amy, uh, are you ready with the mic? So, is yes. So, what we're going to do is if you came with questions, you can ask questions throughout, but if you came with questions and you have a question right now, uh, I'd like you to uh, ask it. Uh, we're going to write it down. I'm not going to answer it right now. We're, I'm going to gather all the questions that come up. We'll do the presentation, and then as I go along, I'll be answering those questions. And if I don't get to one of them, then I'll answer them at the end. So we're, I want to answer all the questions, but if anyone came with a burning question, uh, we can ask it right now, get it on record, and then we'll get to it later. But I'll, I'll say again, as we go through the, through the 15 or 20 or 25 minutes we have together, whatever it takes, uh, if you have other questions, don't, don't hesitate to, to ask. Just wait till we get the mic so we can make sure everybody can hear the question. So did anybody come with a question that they want to get on the record right now? So it's okay if no one did, but if you did, we want to make sure that we got it. I'll lean into it a little bit. That's, That's a little better. Okay, good. Well, I hope you didn't miss any of my wonderful sermon. That's right. Thank you. Okay, then, uh, no questions right now. Again, as they come up, uh, make sure uh, we know we, someone sees you and we'll, we'll get it uh, written down and answered. So, I'm blessed to be here today. Uh, it's a blessing to be at all the churches across the diocese as I go to, those that are in search uh, that's, the, that's what we say when a church is in search. Uh, right now we have two churches in open search, meaning they're ready to receive names and really get going. We have about uh, 15 that are going to be in search in the next two or three weeks. And uh, when I came in December, we had 27. So uh, through the course of uh, the life of the diocese and churches, uh, activity rises and falls. Uh, people retire in due season. Uh, they're elected bishop in due season somewhere. Uh, they get called to another church uh, in due season, as, as uh, Justin just did. So the transitions in parishes is ongoing constantly throughout the diocese, throughout the whole national church. And um, many dioceses are able to have a dedicated staff member where this is all that I do. Not every diocese does. Um, before I came to Texas, I was canon of the ordinary in, uh, in the diocese of New York. We had... Texas has 56 counties. In New York, we had nine counties. Um, Texas has 150 parishes. We had 192 parishes in nine counties, pretty densely occupied. But the same sort of transition is, go, goes on all the time. In very small dioceses that have 100 or 90 or 80 or 50 or 20 parishes, uh, often the can of the ordinary is the same person as the transition minister. But we're blessed in Texas that that's not the case. So this is my full-time job. So I'm Glad to be here. Um, as the, the next few weeks go by and months go by, I'm going to go again from 2 to about 17. So things will get a little uh, uh, wild and woolly at the office and on my calendar again. But uh, it's great to be here so early in the process. In a perfect world, I would be in the pulpit and at the altar at a parish the first Sunday that the priest is gone for whatever reason they leave. Uh, it was great that Bishop Fisher was scheduled to be here on the, actually that same Sunday, so that let me be here today. So I'm really, really happy to be here. And great to be in Temple. Uh, wonderful to see the church. I'd never been here before when I was a lay person in Houston. Of course, I was busy at my church every Sunday. And when I was a curate at the cathedral, I was on the job every Sunday. So priests don't get a chance to visit around the diocese, really, ever. 
because most of us, frankly, don't go to church when we're on vacation. So you don't, take, you don't go on vacation and say, I'm going to go to temple and go to church on my vacation. Uh, sorry, that just doesn't happen. So the chance to see uh, beautiful churches is great. To see churches full of people is fantastic. Um, to see a church where the lights work. I mean, you wouldn't think this was true, but the lights work, the sound system works, the air conditioning works. Uh, no one has to take up a step to go to the altar. Uh, stunningly, a stunning place. And I know that was done over many renovations over the years. And, the, and that's, that's one of the messages about transition. Those, those re renovations happened several different times during the year, during the decades that went by. And where are the priests who were involved in that planning and execution? They're all gone. We come and go. We only come to go. We show up because someday we're going to go. You all stay here if you don't move to Dallas or the Bahamas or Idaho, uh, you stay here forever. And so the, the church, you know, we say again and again, the church is the people, but you, you, you just, that's not a cliche. The church really is the lay people. You are the bones, the blood, the sweat, the tears. We show up for a while. Hopefully we do a good job. I hope the people in Poughkeepsie cry every time they remember me in, in, a, in a fond way, not in a bad way. I uh, hope they do, but I came there, I had a great time as a priest, and then I left, and I enjoyed getting the parish newsletter and seeing what's going on up there every week, it's fantastic, but I'm gone, and in the present day, Justin is gone, Priest, priests leave, it's not because they fall in love with someone else better than where they were, life just transforms, and there might have been days when priests were in places for 18, 20, 22 years. Uh, the average stay now is about seven and a half. So it's, it's, just, it's just the nature of, of the beast, the clergy come and go, particularly because we're in a clergy shortage in the church. About 30 years ago, the church nationwide, for some reason, went down a rabbit hole and told every 22, 23, 25-year-old person that showed up and said, I think I'm called to be a priest. And the church said, well, that's very nice, young person. That's so sweet. You go off and get some life experience and come back in eight or nine or 10 or 20 years and we'll talk to you again. And they did that for about 15 years. And that was a disaster because most of those folks didn't come back. They just, they just did their life. They, they took a step another way and life took them another place. So we're at the cusp now of the horror of the results of those 15, 18 years. Now, when I was in seminary, I was about the average age at at, no, I was just at the I was at the the older end of the age at 46. When I and so that was my first year in seminary. By the third year, my senior year of seminary, the average age of Virginia was down to 32. So they, the, about 10 years ago, 15 years ago, the church kind of woke up and began to accept discernment calls from people who were younger. So in about 10 or 15 years, we'll be back hopefully into a more even spot. But all of us baby boomers are aging out, either because we reach 72 and we have to go, or we reach 64, or 5, or 6, or 7. It's just time to put our feet up for a while. Uh, and there's not a whole swath of priests behind us in age to step back up. So that's, that's to lead in to say, in the old days, churches would often get 12, 15, 18, 30, 35, 40 uh, applicants for a rector's position, and then the search committee would meet the first time with stacks of paper, and they'd say, we're going to talk to this one, but this, this is a goat, we're going to put them over there. This is a sheep, we're going to put them over here. This is a goat, we're going to put over here. And to get it down to 
eight or nine or ten you're going to really work with. Nowadays, I hope I send you eight or nine or ten total. That'll be a great search process if I can send you ten candidates for you to then decide which four or five or six you want to really dig in with. That's the most likely case. Now, you will tell the story of Temple as well as you possibly can in uh, your parish profile. Uh, we will promote Temple as thoroughly as we can around the church, and I'll talk to the vestry and the search committee about how we can do that. But uh, the reality is there's no longer the numbers of priests out there who are reaching their sixth, seventh, eighth year ready to make a move because there's just not that number of priests out there at all. Uh, so it's just to say it won't be, if any of you were on a search committee the last 10, 15, or 35 years ago, it's not the same as it was. Uh, we hope we get uh, a lot of people interested in Temple. It's a fantastic town and place to come to uh, as, your, as to be your first or second place as a rector. Um, in New York, where I came from, if a church was full of this many people who are here now, not counting, not at 930, but right now, you would, this would be about the top uh, 25 churches in the diocese as far as numbers on Sunday morning. We have some with 800, 600, 1,000, and we have very few with 90 or 100, and then a whole bunch less than 60. So there are priests out there that are, all, that are at smaller churches all around the country who are looking for a place this size to come to. That what, we, what we have to do, and what you have to do with people you know, and what the diocese has to do, and specifically what I have to do, is get the story of Christ's church out as much as we possibly can. Then I'll, then I'll be talking to the vestry to say, I have no idea what the financial issues are at Temple, whether you have an endowment of no endowment or it's a million dollars or it's $30 million. I don't have any idea. But the question will be, can we, interview, can we send you priests who live, who live as far away as Dallas or as far away as Kansas City or as far away as South Carolina? Because the question is, can you move, literally, can you move somebody? Can, do you have $8,000 to move somebody or do you have $30,000? And the vestries have to be frank and honest and transparent and say, you know, this is the most important money we're going to spend for 10 years, and we'll spend whatever it takes to get the right priest here. Or they'll say, and I don't know what the case is, we decide every month whether we pay the electric bill or the gas bill. And, and we, every month, we, we don't have any money. We, got it, we live absolutely check by check. Maybe that's the case. And then you'll say, Diocese of Texas only. We, can't, we can move people from Galveston. We can't move people from Oklahoma City because we can't pay for the U-Haul. Some churches are in that situation. We'll get to know each other and what the situation is here, and that'll tell me how broadly we go. I don't suppose you'll want me to look for priests in Germany or England, but you might say we can go as far as the East Coast or the West Coast, and maybe, maybe we can do that. Um, so those, those are the kind of questions we'll be working on very, very, very early. But the main message for parishioners in the pews at this point is what what the Bible says all the time when people come to a threshold or a wilderness or an encounter with God. It's the same thing the angel said to Mary at the Annunciation, and that's don't be afraid. Just don't be afraid. This, this, this should not be a fearful time. How, how old is Christ Church? 1850s? 81. Okay. So Justin was the 15th or 16th rector or 14th, right. So you have gone through this 14 times before 
or your parents did or your grandparents did and your forefathers and foremothers in the faith did this, for, have done this 14 times. Churches do this around the country every week. In about a month, 17 parishes in Texas will be with you at the same time doing the same thing. It works. We, we, we get through search processes. If we trust that the Holy Spirit has in mind already who the next rector is, and when we pray for the church, churches in search at the Dawson Center, that's what we say. We say, God, we know that you already know who the next priest is. We've just got to do our part to clear away the brush and take the blinders off of our eyes and, and manage to, to meet up with the person that you've already decided is the next priest. I don't think God's in heaven with strings pulling puppets, so you can't take that analogy too far. But, but in my heart, I pretty much believe that God's in control and we've just got to get out of the way and do the, do the few things we have to do to get ready to listen to what God has to do, which was the point of my sermon today. We have to listen as well as speak. And we're all, I'll speak for myself, I'm great at speaking. I have to work on listening, which is why I like to start with people asking questions so it doesn't start with me, the talking head of the guy from the diocese just talking, 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 talking. But that's what I get called to do, so that's, that's what I will do. Um, and within a, within a reasonable period of time, the vestry will be calling for a search committee to be formed, and that will need to be an open and transparent uh, process. Whatever your scheme is here at Christ Church, maybe it's a, a website form you fill out or something in the bulletin or stacks of nominations in the parish hall, but the, the, the ability to ask to be on the search committee, sort of a self-nomination thing, should be completely open and transparent, and they'll either get nine or 10 applications or 15 or 30 applications. Your search committee for a church your size should probably be 11, 13, not, not seven or nine, but more like 11 or 13, not 25 or 30, because you just wouldn't get anything done if it was that big. Then the vestry will have to sit down and put out all the applications for the search committee and make sure it's, it represents the diversity of the parish, as, as, and I don't even know the answer to that, but as diverse as it is, uh, you don't want everybody to be under 70. You don't want everybody to be white. You don't want everybody to be a man. But you also don't want everybody to be 30 or everybody to be a woman or everybody to be African-American or Hispanic. You, you need to be spread out through the diversity of the parish, age, uh, gender, uh, time in grade. Uh, if you have members of the parish who have been here two or three years, one of those probably ought to be on the search committee. If you have people whose grandparents were married here and whose parents are buried here and are were married here and going to be buried here, probably one or two of those ought to be on the search committee. Two or three members of the vestry should be on the search committee, but not, no, not any more than that. Because um, it needs to be, one of the questions you'll be asked in this process is this question, and it's always answered almost always the same way. Decisions in our parish have always been made by a small clique of people who really run everything, yes or no? Or it's one of those strongly agree, agree, disagree, strongly disagree. Decisions in this parish are always made by a small clique of people. The answer is almost always yes. And I don't know if that's always true in most parishes or not, because I live in the ivory tower and I'd have no idea what it's like in Temple. But one way, if that is true, one way to begin to dissipate, first, if it is true, you ought to change that. And if it is true, one way to dissipate that is to make sure the search committee is made up of people who aren't in that clique. Maybe one or two of them, of the, and maybe the clique is the old timers, 
Maybe the clique is the people that give the most money. I, I don't know what life is like at Christ Church Temple. So and I'm not, and I don't want to say cliques are always, always awful and bad. I don't want to imply that. But a couple of people from that powerful group is great. A couple of people from the vestry, a couple of brand new people, and a couple of people that will be a surprise to everybody else. You ought to, there's nothing wrong with being surprised at church. You shouldn't be scared at church, but there's nothing wrong with being surprised at church every now and then. Uh, so making that search committee as, as the process as open as it can be to nominate and then the work of the vestry to make sure or maybe a small group at the vestry. Again, you might have an executive committee. I don't know how things, every church is different. Uh, how big is your vestry? Twelve. Twelve. Eleven, okay. Counting the wardens? Okay, okay. That's a, that's a good workable size for a vestry, I think. Uh, when I got to Christ Church of Poughkeepsie, the vestry was 17, and there were 60 people in church. So when you counted their spouses, it's like half the church was, you know, in the vestry room. So I, we, we needed about nine, given as, as small as we were at the time. We grew, I'll say, but uh, we didn't change the size of the vestry. We kept it small and nimble, as they say now. Uh, so anyway, it'll be the vestry's work to look at all those nominations and, and do, their, do their best effort to, uh, to get a good, diverse search committee to begin their work. Um, the most important, one of the most important things, maybe the most important thing, that the, uh, the pews can do every Sunday, those of you who are in the pews every Sunday, not on the vestry, not on the search committee, is to pray for the process. Uh, there's a prayer in the prayer book for the, for the search of a new rector. Uh, we have other uh, spiritual resources we'll be passing on to the vestry and the search committee. Some of those are prayers. Some of those are uh, out of my, my biblical... Uh, uh, knowledge is not as thorough as it should be and I read one uh, call and response kind of prayer in, the, uh, in one of the search materials which will be given to you all be, I, the first time when I finished I said well that, that's one of the most beautiful psalms I've, I've, I've never read that psalm that is just fantastic what, what psalm is that and said, well that's not a psalm that's, that's a prayer someone wrote well it, they did a good job it was a great great prayer kind of a call and response doing that once a month for the whole parish involves in that on Sunday morning would not be a bad idea. Uh, but once the search committee gets in place, which might not be honestly till the end of summer, you will have to talk about whether you all are the kind of Episcopalians that come until, well, you're here today, so you come past Memorial Day, but in lots of Episcopal churches, between Memorial Day and Labor Day, attendance drops by half. So you do have air conditioning. That helps. Yes, that helps a lot. Uh, so maybe, maybe you're not that, maybe, maybe summertime is just as good a time to keep going as, as the fall or the spring is. Some places say, eh, summertime we need to step back and just, just tread water till September and then kick back into gear. Well, you'll have to make your own decision about that. Well, that was that was that was that some of the blended service we had today, right? One and praise music and right, right. I, I, that was a wonderful experience to be to, to be a part of. I imagine some of the right runners didn't like the praise music, and some of the praise people probably didn't like the these and thous. But anyway, all God's children, you know, it's all it all works if we just smile and and, and keep going along. Um, 
The search committee will be working typically. The search committee has to work five, six, seven months uh, before it gets close to making a decision. This isn't stuff that happens uh, uh, over a weekend. Uh, the, search, the vestry has to be trained, um, which will set sometime later in, if we're lucky, June, maybe July. Um, then the search process, then you, then, you, then you solicit people to be on the search committee. You need a couple of Sundays to do that because people come and go. It needs to be available to everybody. Then the vestry has to decide who's on the search committee. This is all a process. Then, then I come back and we train the search committee. All that while the parish profile committee is working. We, the bishop's office uh, has to approve the, the parish profile to make sure it tells the story as accurately as we believe it should be told, honestly and transparently. There's a survey that the, par that the vestry can decide whether to, to execute or not. We strongly encourage the survey to be done. Uh, it's online uh, where people can answer their questions, and then we recommend having a Sunday, maybe two Sundays even, where there's computers in the parish hall for the people who don't do computers at all, which of course there are some, or just the thought of a survey on the computer makes their head spin, and that's fair enough too. But if you get the teenager sitting at a computer, and if you're scared of a computer, sit down next to that young woman or young man, and they'll ask you the questions, and then you'll give the answer, then they'll hit one or four or three or whatever. And then you can, everybody can participate. And if that is even too much on the computer side, we can print it off on paper. And you can take it on paper, and then someone in the office or the vestry will sit down at the computer and log in as you, and then put in your answers. Because we want as many people to answer, to be part of the survey as possible. So we really want to do that. That begins to inform the search committee uh, what you all want, because the, 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 you might not even, your problem, you, some of you might be, but some of you might not be at the point that you've even thought about the characteristics that you want in your next priest, much less has the community thought about it. So a vestry member might know what they think. The vestry as a whole, in time, will begin to think about what they're sort of looking for. We don't even know who's on the search committee yet. They're the ones who will interview the, the, the five or eight or 32, whatever I have to give you, candidates, uh, for, for any of those people to be informed about what the church wants, they need to know what the pews think. You, so we want to get as many people as possible to answer those questions. Do you, is, is pastoral care the first thing? Is good preaching the first thing? Is uh, teaching confirmation class the first thing? Is being involved with the lives of the diocese the first thing? Uh, is joining the Rotary Club and the Lions Club and praying at the city council the first thing? Uh, different communities have different needs, and those needs change over the years. So even answering those questions doesn't mean you're answering them. You, that it, it, It's an easy trap to fall into that Justin was like this, and I want someone just like Justin, so I'm going to answer all my questions that way. Or Justin was like this, and then say, oh, I hated that about Justin, so I'm going to answer the questions this way. Uh, the, when you get to that point, that's why we don't do it this Sunday or next Sunday or last Sunday. The, those questions are not, be, they're not questions about Justin. And, it, and if, you ask, if we have the survey too quick, they will be questions about Justin. And so we want some time to pass. The, the grief of his leaving, the, the, the happiness at his leaving, the uh, just, oh, we've got to go through this again to kind of get over that. So that when the time you're asked the questions about what what uh, 
uh, traits you want and what skills you want in the next priest, it's time to think about those. Some time has passed, and you can think about Christ's church, not through the filter of what Justin was like three weeks ago. And that, that's, that's, that's throwing no tomatoes at Justin. I've just met him once, so I don't, I'm not, I don't have an opinion about Justin, except he's tall and I think he has a beard. That's about all I know about Justin. So, um, uh, I don't want to imply that I'm throwing tomatoes his way. Um, was there a question? I wonder if we do, could we want to answer every question anybody has. Um, yes. This may be too quick, but will we have an interim? Yes, you will. We will do every. Yes, good question. An, an interim rector, uh, someone who comes in uh, in the meantime to uh, uh, preside at the altar, to preach, to be in the office every day. Assuming you would go a full-time interim and in a place this sophisticated and busy, I'm guessing the vestry is going to tell me you want a full-time interim. We'll talk about that today. Uh, so I hope so, and. Uh, We'll, we'll, those are also in short supply. So I can't tell you that I came with a list of uh, interims to give the rectory, uh, the vestry today. But uh, once we figure out whether you want church full-time, part-time, uh, do you have a rectory? Do we have a rectory? A rectory? Okay. So we've got to think about living. Is it someone who's going to drive here because they live in Austin or around? If we get, a, get an interim from uh, Dallas or Houston or or Marshall, then you got to think about housing. So, yeah, but there's there's another set of lists to go through about the interim. But uh, we abs- we absolutely encourage uh, parishes to get interims. If there was an associate at the pre at the associate priest at the parish, sometimes the associate priest can become what's you know they, we have all these words in the Episcopal Church. They become a locum tenens, and a locum tenens is an associate who is the interim. I don't know why we don't just call them the interim, but we call them the locum tenens. So sometimes that's okay, but sometimes the vestry and the bishop and the associate have a conversation, and the decision is, you know, the associate really, you know, probably shouldn't be the local tenants, and then we bring an interim in anyway. That could be because of lack of experience, lack of skill, or if the associate wants to hang around through the next rector, because if you are the associate and you become the local tenants, you have to leave when the next rector shows you, you couldn't have, you cannot have been in charge for a year and then step back to second chair. I mean, you could, but the chances of that going well is uh, slim. So that's not your situation. You don't have an associate. Uh, but just to say, there's a lot of ways to get an interim. And uh, there are people who do that um, as, a, as their career uh, forever. There's people who retire early and then do that as a, se- as a late end of their career life. And there's people who just retire at 68 or even 72 but let us know. We're ready to, you know, I can, I've got an interim in me. Let, do you have someplace I can go? And then we wine and dine those people and love on them and stroke them and keep them happy because we need a big, a big list of interims to, to have, and then we are able to place them places. So great question. I would guess it would be a couple of months uh, at best for us to find an interim and get them in place. That was a good question. Thanks. Any others? Yes. Is that the Holy Cow? Holy Cow. I don't know why they call it that, but it's a company that calls themselves Holy Cow! Exclamation mark. 
Holy Cow. And uh, they, uh, all, they, they have a 5,000 parish database that they've, they've worked all over the country in mainline churches, basically. It's mainly Episcopalian and Presbyterian, but there's Lutheran, Methodist, uh, mainline churches. And it's, a, it's so, so the same questions are asked of everybody, so you get a good read of, um, of, of uh, comparing you to other, other churches. Um, it's not expensive. It's a couple hundred dollars. It's, it, you know, in context, it's not expensive. Um, the, the tool that's called for the Holy Cow survey is called the CAT, Congregational Assessment Tool. Uh, so this would be a good full disclosure. The, the, uh, the best participation in Holy Cow, taking the CAT survey, is when the senior warden rents the Chick-fil-A cow costume. And, and then and where's that at the announcement time? You get the best participation when the senior warden either, or you can go you can go the cat lady if you would ever do that. But the whole but the cow thing is really the best. The cow's really the best. So uh, anybody with a, another she's sorry she asked that question. Uh, anybody with another question? Well, I'm disappointed because I brought my prop with me and I've been dying to use this. When someone asks a question like, will we have a priest in two weeks or, or will we get 60 candidates? I have this. Does anyone know what this is? It's a magic wand and it doesn't work. It lights up, but it doesn't work. We don't have a magic wand to make any of this happen in a minute. So this is a Harry Potter magic wand. And I've ordered another one that they say is like the, uh, the fairy godmother in uh, Sleeping Beauty, C Cinderella, Cinderella. And it, it, it lights up and the top twirls and it has sparklers that, 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 that go out, literally that go out. And I've, I've just got to get a read on each parish whether I use the Harry Potter wand or the fairy godmother wand. I've, I've got the sense you all are more a Harry Potter crowd than a fairy godmother. But then you didn't ask a question that I couldn't answer, so I'm disappointed. But uh, I, I, I suspect with the vestry today, they'll ask me some questions that I can't answer, so we'll, we'll get there. And so the, we're going to meet with the vestry in a bit to, um, to talk it through. And frankly, most of, all, most of what I've said to you is what I'm going to say to the vestry. There's, there's nothing particularly secret about this process. When it comes time to be on the search committee, uh, the, the, the main criteria of a search committee member is can you keep a secret? Can you keep things confidential? Um, the canon, now Bishop Ryan, who used to have this job before she was elected bishop, uh, her, one of her sayings is that everyone is called to be a Christian. Everyone is called to be a member of the Episcopal Church. Not everyone is called to be a member of a search committee. You've got to be able to keep confidences, including from your spouse, including from the guys you have coffee with, including from the gals you have tea with. Uh, when you go visit the priest in, uh, let's pick a town, when you go pre visit the priest in Waco to interview them for a job and your spouse says, where are you going? You've got to say, I can't tell you. Because there's only so many priests in Waco. If you're on the search committee and Tuesday night you say you're going to Waco with the other members of the search committee, the, you know, it gets, the list gets pretty slim. 
And when priests put themselves in the position of looking for a new call, that's one of, that's, other than just before you ask someone to marry you, that's one of the most vulnerable times in your entire life as a priest. Because the po folks at home don't know that, you're, that you've gotten itchy and, and looking for a new place. And if, that, if it gets back at home that you've been interviewing in Temple, that's, that's just deadly. That's just deadly. And, and when that happens, if that does happen, then we close the search, we disband the search committee, and we wait a year before we start again. And no one on that search committee can be on the new search committee. So confidentiality is just the name of the game for the search committee. Now, if you're on a search committee and you're finally in Chicago to interview somebody, you probably tell your spouse you're going to Chicago. But if you're just driving 30 miles down the road or anywhere in the Diocese of Texas, you just got to be able to say, we're off on the job. And uh, I've got my cell phone. You can call me. I'll call you. Just don't track my phone to know, <laughs> to know where I'm at. Uh, and and keep, keep that confidential nature of what we're doing. That's, that's really important for the search committee. But we'll talk about that with the search committee um, later. And, I, I, and I, I'll also say we don't, so we don't appoint the search committee until the parish profile is done and then ready to hit live on the internet and we interview, then we come back and, and, and train the search committee and then that next day it becomes live. So we don't, we won't be appointing the search committee again. I just want to emphasize this for months and months, because the worst thing to do would be to appoint the search committee and have them have nothing to do, because survey says they will do something that's not what they're supposed to do. So just human nature. Not, I'm not talking about the temple search committee. Just search committees around the country. They just, there's no use forming a search committee until there's something for them to do. Uh, so it'll probably be early fall before we talk about coming back to train the search committee. I so, have a question about that. Yes. You say training the search committee. <laughs> okay. Um, how long a process is that? Is that a day, a half a day, two days? It's, uh, if it's two and a half hours if there's a break for snacks or a meal, two hours if there's not. Okay. Same with training the vestry. It's a, it can be an after work thing or a Saturday morning or a Saturday afternoon thing or after church on Sunday, whatever your best culture is in your own place. And it's a two hours of talking and asking and questions and then either assuming we're gonna eat beforehand because we're meeting on Tuesday night or we're gonna have a, we're gonna start with coffee and donuts because it's Saturday morning. We usually say two and a half hours. The work is two hours. And what if there's somebody on the search committee or on the vestry that just can't be here at that time? Is there a way to work that out? The rubric says the search committee needs to be 100%. In the 10 or 12 that I've trained since I've been on the job in December, that's probably happened eight times. And the other times we do this. We, we, we tape it. Uh, or they're, they're, they're off. They can do it on Zoom or FaceTime or something through the Internet. Or if not, then we tape it. Uh, because it's not, you know, again, it's not secret. It's not magic science. It's... It's things everybody probably knows. It's just a certain way of putting them together for this process. Uh, and so it's easy. It, the, that, the, seeing it on, on a Zoom recording or uh, even being present through Skype or FaceTime is, is, is okay. Just in the, you know, back when those options weren't there, then the rubric was you got to be present or you can't be on the search committee. But life is different now, and we have resources we didn't have before, so we're kind of backing up from that. Uh, 
requirement that you have to be present. Anybody else dare to ask a question? Who puts together the profile? The vestry, good question. The vestry will assign, will, uh, of the profile committee, we recommend to be four or five people. Um, not necessarily on the vestry. What you want on the profile committee is uh, someone who is a good writer. Uh, so you might have the chairman of the English department from UT in your church or something, or Waco or Baylor. That doesn't mean they're the good writer, actually, but you know, you might have someone who's skilled at writing. Um, I haven't seen your website, so I, I'll just speak. What we say to everybody is, we encourage you to get a professional photographer, uh, and just and frankly, not to use the person who's always around with the camera, unless they always take pictures that could be in Newsweek or Time Magazine. Uh, often, the person who likes to take the pictures in a parish is not actually horribly, terribly, wonderfully skilled at that. So, but then you might have someone like that, uh, so they'd use them. But again, th and I'll say this to the vestry, whatever it costs to do this, it's the most important money you'll spend in the next 10 years. So hiring a professional photographer at a place like this, I'm just, I'm just gonna guess you do have some financial resources, uh, is, should not be out of the question. And it might be your website's full of pictures already that are fantastic, I haven't looked at it. So you'll have to, you all will have to, to to, to speak to that. Good. Well, it says a lot for the that parish, the vestry, or Justin, or however that decision was made to have a communications person on staff at any level. I don't know if you're quarter time, half time, part time, full time, whatever you are, any level to have a paid person to be working on your communication stuff just puts you way at the top of the spectrum of, of parishes across the country. Because most people just say, well, you know, we can't do that because we have to pave the parking lot. Or we can't do that because we need another paid tenor or something. Uh, but to have a paid communications professional is just fantastic. So congratulations to you all. Right. Um, you want, and you want people on the profile committee who have the ability to remove their blinders, uh, or at least open them, so that um, if the Altar Guild director uh, loves the Altar Guild so much that they can't listen to stories about the Sunday school or the choir or the outreach, then you probably don't want the altar, that Altar Guild director on the profile committee. You need people that can be wonderfully involved in the life of the parish, but for the time they're on the profile committee, open up their blinders and see the whole scope of the parish and not walk in with their two and a half pages about Sunday school that by God has to be in the profile because I'm the Sunday school director. And that's the most important thing we got going here. Well, bless your heart, you know, I hope it is. But you also need music and you need, you especially need outreach and you need finances and you need what's it like to live in temple and you need a little bit on the history. We run into, run into occasions when profiles come back with four pages about the history of the parish. Every rector, when they arrived, the date they arrived, and the date they left in the 19th century. And we go, yeah, 
you're wasting ink. I mean, not really ink anymore, but you're wasting uh, dots on the computer screen. Because uh, we're not talking about, we don't want anybody to be the rector of Christ Church in the 19th century. We want someone to be the rector of the church in the 21st century, looking forward. So the past informs, but it's not a time to record the history of the parish in the profile. And those, that's those, so the two dangers that often have come up in profiles the first time. And we train the profile committee too. So you know, we, we try to hit all these up front if we can, um, is to not get too focused on the history of the parish uh, in the profile and to not have people come into the profile committee to make sure their ministry is uh, abundantly uh, detailed in the profile. It needs to be broad and expansive and cover everything. Uh, now, on the profile, there's, there's two ways to go. Well, I guess there's three ways to go. There's the old-fashioned printed version, which, which we suggest you don't do. It's expensive, and it's, it takes longer to, to put together. Then, there, then you put it on the web. That's, another op- that's the other option. If you put it on the web, there's two options. We, the diocese, will prepare the profile for you at no cost. I mean, you write all the words on the page, but just send us a Word document and send us the pictures, and we will put it together, make a profile. It's beautiful. It will look exactly like everyone else's profile who we do that way. The same headings on the page, the same uh, broad topics. The, the communications people will do it, but it's going to look just like the template they have done. It takes about a day and a half. The other option is that you hire someone or you have someone do it locally. And if you want to do that, it's fine. We don't we have no problem with that. Then we just take, either we give you our link to put on your website because we do it, or you give us your link and we put it on our website so people can access it. So there's two ways to skin a cat on the profile. Either you all do it or we do it. Um, and I've never been in a di- heard of a diocese that offers that free service, so it's great. But again, it'll look just like Brian's and Holy Spirit's and All Saints and you know everybody else's. Any other questions? How long does it take, the does the diocese come back and after we do the Holy Cow surveys, uh, does the diocese, do you come back and discuss this, the results of the survey with us? Because that's what I think about when, when you talk about profile, I'm thinking survey results. Yes, that's right, it is. Um, we, the, prof, the, the, um, the Holy Cow survey results are about, it's about a document about three quarters of an inch thick. It's awful. Uh, unless you're a social scientist and deal with that kind of data analysis all the time. So I've, I've sat through 20 of them now, and uh, I'm just about able to stay awake to, to the end of the presentation. Uh, so there's an executive summary that they also put out. So it's our recommendation that the parish get the executive summary. And again, it's not secret. It should be in the office. Anyone can go look at the whole thing. It's not secret. But to, to flip through the pages without the expert on the phone, because what will happen is we'll pick a night, and the, the people in Chicago will take over the computer and walk us through and talk us through the results. And without that talking voice saying, this graph means this, and that chart means that, and these answers mean this, it's just mind-numbing the amount of, of information. So we want the vestry and the search committee to be able to hear that live 
and there's, then there's an executive summary that goes after the whole parish, with the caveat that this, all the results are, are available. If, you, if you're bored one Tuesday afternoon or just love to dive into data, if you love to dive into that kind of data, volunteer to be on the search committee. That's the, that's the first thing I would say. Um, you can go look at it. But it's, it's principally for the search committee and the vestry. And, the, and, the, and you, don't, you don't show it to your candidates until you're down to one. And then you give the candidate before, as you make the call, or just before you give the candidate the holy cow results. Because that might prompt questions from them back to you that you haven't got to yet. It's just a question on timing. You said that the search committee would not be formed until long after we did the survey. So, but then you said the survey would be read by the search committee. So I, I just was confused. Okay, well it would be, it, it would, they wouldn't get to work until after the survey. The first time they would gather, usually, would be to gather with the vestry to see the results. And the survey typically is open for three weeks, three Sundays and the weeks in between, so you can promote and you'll get reports of how many people have answered the surveys. You can say, okay, only 20 of you last week answered the survey. We need about 90 of you to answer, those kind of things. And then it's electronic, so the day it closes, the second it closes, the answers are ready the next second. It's just math, you know, in the, in the computer. So you set the date, you know, a week or two after you close it to, for them to, to uh, to give the results, and that's a, that by then the search committee would be formed, um, which would probably be, I'm guessing, early fall or very late summer. Amy, there's a question. Last time when we were looking for a priest when we got Father Justin, we had a group meeting where we were all in the parish hall and you put little cards and filled out what you would like in a priest and a meeting. I didn't know if we were going to do that. No, the, the survey uh, this time will do that. Oh, okay. And part of it will be where you rank uh, characteristics of what you want in the next priest. And the, the experience across the church says we get more people participating with uh, nowadays with the computer survey than we do with go to the parish hall and it might not be true in any given parish situation, but across the church, that's the experience. Uh, the gentleman in the red shirt, which there are several, I know, but did you have a question? Okay, okay, thanks. Any other questions? Okay, the vestry, and we're going to go powwow with the vestry for a bit. Okay. okay. Thank you all for Thank you so, so much. Bless you in this season.